is. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have a new and totally awesome snack. What is it? New Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cheese and pizza corn snacks from Bluebird. They're cool. They're audacious. They're awesome. We now present TurtleCast, a six-part podcast delving into the history of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm Brandon. Hey, everybody. It's Jimmy. And wait a minute. We're not doing a podcast about Batman right now, are we? It doesn't appear that we are. No, we are taking a bit of a detour this summer. And it's not just going to be me and Jimmy along for, uh, along for this ride. We've got two very special guests that are going to be part of our panel this summer. And let's go ahead and introduce Billy and Mike. So let's start with Mike. Hi, this is Mike. I'm not sure what else I'm supposed to say. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. And hello, this is Billy. You all know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> because of that one podcast of ours you sat in the background for the entire time. Oh, I forgot yeah, he I was did. in the background. Right, anyone so who's anyone knows who Billy Duncan is. So, Jimmy, why are we doing a turtle podcast? Well, uh, is this brand synergy? Because I believe we've got a new turtle product uh, coming out here within the in the month. But we thought we'd kind of look back uh, at the history of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, kind of talk about all the different facets about Ninja Turtles, from the comic books, to the cartoons, to the toys, to the entire turtle empire. Because I think as we were doing Batman podcasts, turtles kept coming up. They did. They um, did. Because, and, and, you know, it would, Batman would come on at five, and like Ninja Turtles came on like sometimes before, right around in there. So like the <laughs> references kept flying, and uh, we love turtles, so why not get together with some guys, friends, and talk about toitles. And, uh, toitles. <laughs> what, uh, one thing that really uh, brought up the idea was also me and Mike going to the gym, and we were just kind of talking about doing podcasts at one point, and uh, me and him had gotten really into the turtle comics at the beginning of the year, and... He, you, you actually brought up doing a turtle podcast first. I think all of us kind of turtles just never really went away. Yeah, lifelong fans. Yeah. Right. It, it comes and goes in ways and whatnot. And I had actually just around the time watched the documentary Turtle Power. Yeah, that which is, is on a, Paramount+. Plus. It's a fantastic documentary if you've never watched it. And it just sort of got things going. I started thinking more about reading the comics finally. And uh, after that, I went back and read close to 200 uh, Ninja Turtles comics. It's a lot since, of turtles. Since January. And... Uh, it's been it's been a fun ride, and that along with me and Jimmy keep bringing up the turtles on the podcast, it was just like it was synergy and it was something we had to do. And of course, we had to get Billy Duckett because everybody knows who he is on here as well. <laughs> so it's just kind of combining all the worlds right. right now. What are your earliest mem uh, memories of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Do you remember getting into the Turtle franchise? Because honestly, I don't. Like I was so young when it got big. That my earliest memories, I was already a turtle fan. So I'm going to start with the oldest here. We'll start with Jimmy, who was, got to see the turtles become a huge hit, like firsthand. I remember specifically because I remember the commercials. I'm old enough to remember the early Fox commercials that said "Turtles is coming to Fox 41." It was a big deal. Uh, shortly after the figures dropped, it was a whole thing. I remember the first. It aired on like a Monday. And I remember, like our friend David Pinley called David Estes and was like, "Did you just did you see that? Did you see it? It was that's how big it was." Um, Turtles was like the last, the last gasp of my childhood. I was eight, almost nine, by the time it collapsed. Crazy joke. In the nineties, <laughs> at least that first iteration. I was in high school, uh, and it really it it peaked so early as a brand 
So I had the experience of almost enjoying the second half of its run in almost an ironic way. Um, by the time the third movie came out and there was Star Trek Turtles and Caveman Turtles, I was like, oh boy. Um, <laughs> uh, most of these things remain some of the things I love most about the property, even though a lot of people hold some of that cheesy stuff against the property, property but we'll talk about that as we, uh, <clears throat> as we go along. I just love that it's something that started as kind of satire. Yeah, um, yes. and it was. I mean, that was actually the original intent of the comic book was Correct. a satire. And Correct. I think some people don't forget that. They um, do. They do. Especially, I think the cartoon kind of makes people forget that. The yeah. fact that yeah. the foot is far more well known than the hand, and the yeah. foot is yeah. the yeah. parody. Yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. That, that says yes. a lot. It does say a whole lot. Yes, and I really like that about it. It always has this ring of. It was never like an A property, but I always thought of it as an A property. Um, if you ask someone what their favorite comic book thing is, they're probably not going to say Turtles. They're yeah, going to say yeah. Batman or something else that is more of an A property. But to me, that's what I love about it. I love that it's a B or C property um, because that speaks more to me than than whatever the main guys are. Um, and that's kind of what I love the most about, uh, uh, about the brand. Billy, what are your earliest memories of <coughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? And do you, do you remember getting into them? Did you watch it when it first came on? Yes. Like the first five? Yes. Okay. Yes, I did watch the first five when they first came on. The uh, first time it came on or the second time? First time. Okay. First time. Because it was weird because the, the show premiered. It, it was a miniseries, right? A miniseries, Very, five yes, episodes, yes. and then it went away. Then it went away. It went away yes. for a year. went away for a whole year. Yes. Yeah. But the figures were out. The figures which when you think out. about it, that's weird. It was very weird. Five episodes, yes. it goes away a year, comes back the five episodes again, and then Correct. the whole season. Kind of weird. So you did watch those. I did watch okay. those because it was right around the time of when I was getting out of He-Man. Because and then He Man led me into Ninja Turtles. Yeah, nice. And I pretty much stayed after He Man to Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles, you know, then like Power Rangers. I think was like the next big thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Power Ranger was yeah. the next big thing. Yeah. That was more towards uh, mine and Mike's generation. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Turtles was like the death of the '80s. It was. Uh, and it really Turtles was. brought in. It. it brought in the '90s. Yeah. So much. Hard. It brought it in hard. Very hard 90s. (laughs) Very hard 90s. Yeah, I'm I'm the uh, second youngest here. So, by the way, uh, Jimmy and Billy are in their 40s. Uh, Me and Mike are in our 30s. So we're we're different generations. That's why I think that's kind of interesting to have different viewpoints. Yes. Our <laughs> knees only kind of hurt. My, I, I tore an ACL once. Mine really hurts. That's um, I'm the only one right now that has a pillow at their pocket. <laughs> sitting in chair. I didn't want to mention that but, when we talk about age. But yeah, but yeah, all four of us are literally a di- different age. Because uh, Jimmy, you're what, 44? 44, yes. 44, Billy's 42. I'm 42, I'm yes. 37, and Mike, are you 36 the or 35? crisp age of 19. 30, 30, right. 36. 36. 37. You can't reference that I just But yeah, my, my answer to the question would be, I don't remember uh, getting into Turtles. I just was by osmosis or something, because my memories weren't sticking when I got into to Turtles. I just know I had a tub full of the toys. I watched the cartoon pretty religiously, even though I didn't hardly remember it at all when I uh, recently started uh, watching it again. Uh, I read uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Adventures from Archie Comics, which we're going to talk about in depth a little bit later. And I saw the first three movies in the theaters, which I believe the first Turtle movie was the first movie I ever saw in a drive-thru. I saw the first two in a theater. The third one, I didn't see in the theater. Oh, I saw it at... All three, I, baby. I, 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 saw, I saw the third one and at the top floor of the I, mall. I saw the, I saw the third <laughs> one. That shows you how long it was. Mike, what are your earliest memories of the Turtles? Do you remember even getting into them? Because you're, you're younger than me. 
like you, uh, just, Turtles just always been there ever since as far back as my memory can go. I, the Turtles exist, therefore I am. Like, I, I can't think of it any better way. Like, I, uh, if I were to guess, I am the younger brother of two, so my older brother probably watched it, and I was probably just planted next to him to watch it ever since I was alive. I have a lot more memories of actually watching the cartoon off VHS tapes than oh, actually watching yeah. them in the air. Those, with it. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are the nation's number one superheroes, and you can own and collect more Teenage Mutant Mania on video cassette. All right! Catch the antics of these wise-cracking green teens in their very first adventure, Heroes in a Half Shell. Three more editions of Fabuloso Fun. Yes, looking at you, kid. Collect them all on video cassette. Come on, guys! From Family Home Entertainment. But as far as the movies, you know, I loved them whenever I watched them. But uh, unlike any of you all, I wasn't fortunate enough to see any of the films <coughs> in the theater. The 2007 You're young, movie, right? I believe, is wow. the only Turtles movie yeah. I've Ooh. been fortunate enough to see in theaters. I didn't Which see I've in the new still, ones. I've still not even seen that one. I'm going to right. soon for, we, the, for the show. And right. we will talk in depth oh, about yeah, that yeah, in yeah. later episodes. Yeah. But. So did you guys ever have a... Obviously, we're still lifelong, we're lifelong fans, but did uh, you guys have a falling out with the Turtle franchise at any point? Uh, if so, uh, what made you fall out and what brought you back? Say age, but what I mean by age is that it got to the point where the Turtles were just getting ridiculous on what they were releasing. It just went too far. For me, the, the third movie and a lot of the cartoons were just... Not yeah. really my bag anymore. Yeah. I got really into X Men on Fox, and I got it really into oh, uh, uh, Power yeah, Rangers great. too. Oh, oh, it was an amazing show. Um, and uh, yeah, I just I just didn't care for that anymore. I stayed with the I stayed with the uh, Archie comics for a bit, but then they got really really weird. They did, and uh, they did. that's also something we're going to get into yes. later. Did you fall out of love with the Turtles at any time? Uh, I've never had like a real definitive like. Fu kind of moment to the turtles. Uh, I think you know around teenage years, like a lot of people, you get that. I'm not gonna watch cartoon stuff. You know, it lasts about three months. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but I, then I still watch cartoons to this day. That same. <laughs> uh, no, I've never had like a real definitive. I'm not going to watch turtles moment. Even even the quote unquote Michael Bay movies uh, didn't didn't do anything to disenfranchise me. I mean, they were you know they're still fun. And that's that at their core, like as for as much as there is the fun, gritty turtle stuff, like to me, Ninja Turtles just needs to be fun. Yeah. It's almost unfair to the rest of the turtle movies because you, you know, you start off with the best and, that you could ever do, it, yeah. it, everything else and can the only cheapest. come up. And the, the, cheapest. Right. the movie was made for a nickel, it really and it's was. still the best it's one they've the made. And, so and what's also good about that movie, the cast is uh, Sam Rockwell. Yeah. It really takes... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That movie takes the best aspects from the comic and the cartoon. Yes. Because they actually combine it. That's, they do. That's a really good point. That's a very big thing. In my opinion, uh, like Mike says, he thinks uh, Turtles should be fun, and I agree. Yeah. But yeah. I like... I need a mixture of the dark and the fun. Yeah. Uh, right, right. Like I said, later we'll talk about Last Ronin. That's not really fun at all. It's no, dark, it's but it's dark. really good. It's, it's very true. Dark. Uh, some of the dark stuff's really good. I personally... And we'll talk about that IDW series a little bit later today. That I feel... Perfectly combined, fun and dark, mm -hmm. and that's I, I like kind of a happy medium. Uh, speaking of villains, who is everybody's favorite villain? Uh, if your favorite villain is Shredder, give me another one as well. Because Shredder's, I feel like, kind of a layup, which I do love. Shredder, the like the comic, like, and I'll, we'll talk about it in the next episode. I don't really like the cartoon Shredder a lot, oh, even no. though I love <laughs> I love Avery. James Avery's James fantastic, Avery's fantastic. Oh, yes. but they don't give him a lot to work with. They do not. Um, 
My my favorite villain outside of Shredder would probably be Leatherhead myself. Nice. Uh, who who would you who would you pick, Mike? Uh, I'm just just to say it so it's said. It is Shredder, but I do have a backup for yeah, the answer. Yeah. Uh, Baxter Stockman. And uh, that? I I think there's a lot that just there's a lot that that goes on with that character. Everything that he does pre mutation, and I know the mutation's only more of a an animated series thing. Yeah, the, the fly he's referring right. to. Right. The fly design was one that always like stuck out to me as a kid, whether it was the cartoon or uh, Turtles in Time. The first level boss is Baxter Stockman. And so I just think Too that design... Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's always stood out to me, but... Uh, Big Apple, 3 a.m. <laughs> yep, right. We'll see, now that was... Okay, anyway. Um, but yeah, and then, and, and, you know, reading the comics and getting into, like, the 2012 series when that came out, they did a lot more with Baxter Stockman pre-mutation. Right. Right. And just, I, I like that the character, and, and, and a character who by no means could handle the turtles in a one-on-one -on -one actual fight and a physical altercation, but he's so smart and he has all these inventions and everything and he becomes an actual real threat to them. I think that's interesting and that sets him apart from everybody else that's just there to fight the turtles and eventually, you know, get their asses kicked. Yes, yes, and that's one of the reasons why I don't like the cartoon version because the, the comic version and even the movie version, uh, the, it's just Baxter Stockman's a badass in... Right. And they make him kind of a joke in the in the cartoons. I feel that like, is true. Uh, Jimmy, who's your favorite villain outside of Shredder? Well, I grew up in the '80s, and in the '80s, villains were bumbling fools. Mm -hmm. uh, Skeletor is a bumbling fool. Uh, Billy, what's some more? They're all bumbles. They're all bumblers. <laughs> Cobra Commando, bum yes. bumbling fool. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Shredder yeah. is a bumbling fool, but now Serpentor. Not Serpentor. Serpentor no. was awesome. No, Destro was could could you can handle shit. <laughs> Uh, but uh, to me, it's about character dynamics, and uh, Shredder and Krang together. Oh, okay. Um, just have a nice. I'll accept that. I'll accept that. They're almost like a. They're almost like a couple. You know. They kind of, kind of. Because they do argue. They could ship. They could be shipped. They could be shipped. Think of what's that one? Oh, that's a weird visual. There's one episode where like Krang and the Krang body has. I'm just talking about the Krang just without the body. Krang's body. Yeah. There's one episode where Krang has like a. Shredder calls him and like Krang's in the shower. And he has like a, oh, a yeah. towel around he's got, him. He's got, the, he's got the that head. thing on his head. He's got the thing on his head. Shredder, yeah. I told you never to message me when I'm in the shower. Your Krang is horrible. <laughs> you do a better Krang than me. Do your Krang. I, I can do a better Krang than you. Do, do, do it. it. Shredder. There you go. That's actually That's pretty good. good. That's really good. Where is my body? Where's my loofah sponge, Shredder? Saki. I like when he calls him Saki. Saki, yeah. What about you, B? I'm sad that you said the Shredder and Krang. Uh, you can use that too. It's but Shredder, not not the Shredder and Krang, just Krang. Yeah, there we go. Okay, Krang. Well, he's great too. That's yeah. the perfect yeah. answer. I always like Krang. That's a great answer. Yeah, even with the uh, in the uh, the cartoon with him in the body and all that. Mm -hmm. Which each uh, been layered hate, by the way. Uh, they, it is wildly they, different from the comics. They it's way different from the comics. So it's a race in the comics. Right? Yes, it's so, a uh, yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a race in the comics, uh, and there, there's not even a Krang. In the comics originally, the Ultron dead, like U L T R O M S, I believe. The Ultrons. Also known as the Krangs. Sometimes they do just call them the Krangs. Yeah, yeah. So, Mike, who is your favorite mutant that's not a Ninja Turtle in the series? I mean, I'd hate to recycle an answer. Well, you can say the Fly instead of Baxter. Okay, well there we go. The the Fly. Admittedly, for like like you were talking in the series, I mean, they, is, they have different voices in the upcoming movies, so it's totally it's fair. fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's yeah. two different Ice voices. Ice Cube, isn't it? Uh, 
but yeah, still, still Stockman, uh, still for all those reasons that I, I listed for for liking the character so much. I just think the character design really, for some reason, caught my eye and was a lot different. Uh, even though, like, I mean, yeah, you're right. It's definitely treated like a bit more of a joke in the uh, the original animated series than in, in other iterations. And he looks nothing like him. No. Oh no, like Dexter his hair color is a, everything. Is a very intelligent African American man. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> and originally and, written as a. Yeah, Intelligent created American the Mousers. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah and the Mousers. Yes. I, didn't, I forgot they showed up in the cartoon. I they thought it was fun. Early like on, episode too. three, I think. Early yeah, on. Episode yeah, three. Yeah, it's early, part of the very, original five. Yeah, very early on, yes. Uh, Billy, who's your favorite mutant that's not a Ninja Turtle? Come back to me on that. I'm Jimmy. So, thank you. Are you looking around the room? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Look, at, look for the action figure. No, no, over no. here. I'm trying to think of one. Jimmy, who's your favorite mutant that's not a Ninja Turtle? I like the ones that are fun to imitate. That's what Krang is fun to imitate. Uh, Leatherhead is fun, yeah. uh, fun to imitate. Baxter is fun uh, to imitate. I said it was another one. I had another one. Um, oh, I there's another one that was. I mean, Bebop and Rocksteady got some pretty yeah, great Yeah, they all have yes. good voices yeah. Uh, yeah. to imitate. But I had another one I wanted to say. All right, Billy, back to you so I can think about what mine was. <laughs> I'll do mine real quick, Billy. Okay, uh, my favorite is Mondo Gecko. <laughs> uh, I just uh, always loved him from the old Archie comics. And. Uh, I'm looking at his figure right now. Jimmy's holding him up with mm -hmm. his skateboard. He looks yeah. great. Yes. I, I love that. I love that I figure. That. I got yeah, it for yeah, Easter one year. I love Mondo Gecko. Yeah, Mondo Gecko was fantastic. And really excited that Paul Rudd is voicing him in the, in the new upcoming movie. So, but Billy, who's your favorite Ninja Turtle? This is probably the most important oh, question today. This is so much easier for me to answer. Oh, this, I <laughs> that, that's why I went with this for last for everybody. I don't think this is an easy. This isn't an easy one. It is for me. Okay, oh, it is is for me. I actually don't know. I, I, no idea I, do. I thought I knew I Jimmy's off the top of my head. Can we guess? Actually. Yeah, let's try to guess. Oh, okay. And then fun. you can tell. I yeah. Think oh, let's do it. Let's do yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Billy. You asked me. Billy, Billy just go around and think who we. Oh, I have to guess who your all's is. Well, let's start with you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. I'm on the spot. Oh, so we're going to... Okay, that's a good idea. So the three of us. Correct, I'm correct. That's what I thought you were going to do. I think Billy is going to say Raphael. I'm going to say Donatello for Billy. I, I'm, I'm, I, I want to say Leo just to round out and everybody gets an answer, but I'm thinking Raphael. Uh, Brandon, you're correct. Donatello. Nice. I should have gone with my gut. I, yes, <laughs> you should have. Jimmy, who's yours? I think yours is Donatello as well. Um, I was thinking Donatello. Mine is uh, when I was a kid. Well, I, hold on, don't say who yours is. We have to guess. Remember? Oh, that's right. Okay, Mike, okay. I was Mike <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going, Brian. I'm saying Donatello. Donatello, Donatello, Mike. I'm going to say Michelangelo because he's on your wrist right now, and that's my entire reason. <laughs> if you look around at my old toys, that's actually what I was doing. I was trying to see who's the most. Michelangelo, Michelangelo, oh, huh. Michelangelo. I'm looking at a big Leo right now, so that yeah. kind of confused me. But two tiny Michelangelos. At Three. Street. There's one over here. Oh, yeah. I didn't see the third. One. Later, we'll get to a big problem when it comes to the tattoo I'm going to get, um, because I've also got this. Uh, that Leonardo is awesome. Here. But when I was a kid, I think I blew. I was attracted to blue, so I was oh. like, I like Leonardo. And then as it went on, I'm, I started to feel like bad because I realized <laughs> I'm into Michelangelo, and I started to feel bad about Leonardo because oh. I kind of mm -hmm. left him in the in the in the dust. But he was always the popsicle I got. That's why I good. have this popsicle toy. The popsicles were good. And that's yeah, gonna be your tattoo, right? That will be the tattoo. But I, again, right. I don't know which right. one I'm getting. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, in general, generally I'm a Michelangelo guy. But as I look back and watch different media, especially 2012. I'm totally a Donatello guy. 
Uh, okay, you feel like a Donatello. I feel like a Donatello guy. That's right. Team Donatello. So, I, yeah, I, I get. TD. I, I, I get the... I, I didn't get it as a kid because you usually look around, you're not going to see a whole lot of Donatellos <laughs> right. as a kid. Right. But, yeah, I think I'm probably yeah. a Donatello guy as a 45-year-old man. That, that's, that's a weird sentence to say, but I just said. <laughs> now, is it odd that the two oldest here like Donatello as the best turtle? He's also the is most... something what, going on there with that? He's one of the more mature, kind that's of well-thought-out I mean. ones, I think, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. 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 This is true. Uh, Mike, who's your favorite turtle? I think I you're a Raphael guy. Oh, right. you tell me. I think you're a Raphael guy. I'm going Raphael. Yeah, I, I think so. You are all three. Not not just wrong. Oh, because right. it's, because it's, it's Donatello. I remember that. Really? Yeah, I remember yes. that from the chat. Yeah. And has has always been Donatello uh, ever since I was a kid for some reason. like I think part of, part of one not liking Michelangelo for me was out of pure spite. Every human being that insisted that it was going to be my favorite simply because my name is Michael. I thought that would possibly no, be your favorite because no, you no, no. got into it as a kid. <coughs> right. So, uh, no, no, no. And and Leo was oh, my Mikey. brother's favorite growing up, so he couldn't be my favorite. Uh, but Donnie always was like my favorite in the video games, which is a big part of my love for Ninja Turtles growing up. Yes. Uh, and also, the reason I said you all are super wrong is because not only is Raph not my favorite, he is my least favorite of the really? bunch. And I'm sure wow. we will get into that. Wow multiple times because that is a hill I have been dying on for uh, 36 years. Which version of Raphael do you not like the most? Because like Ooh, the cartoon version is yeah. way different. It's a whole oh lot yeah, different. like he's just a smartass on the cartoon. Yeah. He yeah. really is. Yeah. Uh, and like all the other media, he's a bit honestly prick, uh, prick and kind of emotional, if but we, very like, like badass at the same time. If we can be very specific, the second movie, Raphael. Okay. Oh, yeah. I literally watched yeah. that last night, yeah. and I totally agree. Yeah, yeah I agree. That, that was he not is, good. And, was, and the yeah, second movie, Raphael, is kind of, kind of a spoiled child, in yeah. a way. Yes. Second yes. movie, Raphael, one, is definitively different from the first movie. The first movie actually has like some really good emotional uh, he's stuff. He's fantastic in the first in movie, I think. Damn! Right. I got in trouble for that when I was a kid. Cause really? I used to I used to mimic <laughs> movies a lot because right. I knew Little Mermaid like the back of my hand. I would perform it for seventy five minutes in the tub every freaking wow. day. But <laughs> I had the toys. But Turtles was another movie I would mimic. And one time I was mimicking that and I didn't know any right. better. And I yelled, "Damn!" But yeah, movie Raphael and the second one I, I, is I get, okay. I get, that I get is, that. I get that. That is kind of always my argument for why I don't like Raph. And I, I think it's because a lot of versions of Raph, because it, it happens in multiple episodes of every single one of the cartoons. His anger and his temper, one, while not being very ninja-like. Two, it's it's the source of almost all their conflict. They're constantly having to undo his problems. Yeah. Constantly it's having like that to in the current comics, too, to be yeah, honest. See, and I really? can't stand it because, one, I, I personally feel like that's kind of lazy writing because it happens so much. Uh, and also, like, yeah, that's my reason for not liking rap is that, like if he would just get himself in check, they wouldn't have nearly the problems that they have. But, yeah, so that is... That is my stance on why I will die on that hill not liking Raph. I do love Raph's um, dynamic with Leo. Uh, yes. Especially yes. in the that's, 2008 movie. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. very... That's yeah. I giggled they, like a they, child they, when they finally did that scene they, in that they, movie. They nailed oh, the fight. Yeah. And yes. uh, that's a lot yeah. of the greatest stuff. Don't tell me who won that one. Um, I haven't seen it yet. We won't. We won't. But that's... Sometimes, yeah, Raph but the, rubbed me the wrong way. But, like, that dynamic... That, that dynamic really was very yeah. present in the later parts of Laird and Eastman's run of the book, too. Yeah. So it, and in the it, first movie, it kind in of... In the first movie, yeah. it's yeah. kind of in there And as it's well. an important dynamic yeah. to... Yeah. And with them yeah. being brothers and everything, yeah. it is a very brother-like relationship yes. to be butting heads like that all the time. All right, who, uh, which turtle do you think is my favorite? Leonardo. I'm going to say Leonardo, too. I think we're batting four for four here. I'm going Donatello. 
Raphael is my favorite one. Ah. And the reason I was into him is just because I was into him as a kid. And once again, don't remember why at the time, but I think it was because I was into the color red That's what really big time. Yeah. Have anything to do with him being the token badass of the group? I think that I think that really got me like more into him as I got older and stuff like that. But originally, I liked him just because he was he had the red thing on there. You'd have been very cool. confused had you started off with the comics. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and we are about to jump into that. That's a good segue, Mike. Thank you. So once again, welcome to the first installment of our six-part podcast, uh, where four middle-aged mutant Ninja Turtle fans are going to analyze different aspects of the TMNT franchise. Can that you write that down so we can name the podcast? Yeah, that that is fanboys in that a half show. That, I think I that's been that. used already, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, have to edit that out. <laughs> there are so many IPs that uh, have been used for. There's so many turtle podcasts out there, but we're going to be better than them. Oh, we're so we going to be better than them. Just take our word for it, folks, yes, and yes. listening to every single there are places where imagination is an outlaw where freedom is feared where cookie boredom rules and there are those who fight back Cookie Boredom. Get new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cookies in four great flavors from delicious brand cookies. Do it before it's too late. Uh, today our topic is the origins of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We're going to talk about how TMNT came to be and its history in the comic books in general. So uh, you can't tell the story of Tur Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles without talking about their creators, Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman. Do you know much about uh, Laird and Eastman, Jimmy? Uh, yes, I know that um, uh, one, one of them uh, was in a, in, a, in a bus and found a magazine <laughs> called Scat. Uh, and yes. like uh, he, yep. he, I think it was Eastman. Eastman was in a bus yep. and found yep. it and was like, "Oh, this guy, Peter Laird. Like, uh, I like his uh, his drawings." So they got together, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, one night they just were goofing around and came up, drew some turtles as ninjas. Because turtles can't be ninjas, they're slow. Yeah. Uh, and here we that are, a lot yeah. of years later, talking yeah. about it still. We are. Uh, so that's kicking turtle. I know one was uh, cooking lobsters. Ooh. I think okay. Eastman, like, uh, that was what he was doing at the time. He was like a, a lobster he, chef. Yeah, uh, I mean, Eastman grew up in Maine. So that would make sense. And he moved. Uh, he moved to the city where Laird was because uh, of a girl. He met a girl who was like a waitress or something. They, uh, they, yeah, they met in Dover, New Hampshire. Yeah. Actually, uh, Eastman kind of sought him out uh, in the local underground newspaper things because he wanted to publish some of his work, and they just kind of hit it off really, really well. Uh, Laird grew up in Massachusetts, and one thing that's very important to know about the story of Eastman and Laird is that uh, Laird is actually eight years older than Eastman. So you had a different; they were both of different generations, which at the beginning that was perfect for the creation, right, right. but it ended up being, I feel like, part of their downfall later on. It came. But also yeah, how they got yeah. came back together many, many years right. later. And I think um, uh, what. Both of them having like a distinct love for Jack Kirby was a big part yes. of their relationship. Yes. They are huge, huge Kirby, Kirby fan. fans. I actually have it right Very, here. Jack Kirby yes. was their idol. He really, yeah. really and, was. Yep. And th this was kind of a love letter to that, but w as well as a bunch of other things as well. But yeah, uh, Kirby was the guy that they really, really bonded over. Yep. And yeah, they 
they're in a brainstorm session. Eastman sketched a turtle wearing a mask and had the nunchucks. Yes. The nunchucks yes. I think that's what is actually like the correct Nun term. Nunchaku? Yeah, yeah, nunchaku. That is correct, yes. yes. And they were actually affixed to his wrist as opposed to in his hand. I actually, I was, they were, they yeah, were. Yeah, that's a good very point. interesting they were. drawing. They were, yes. Yeah, uh, Laird, was, uh, so Eastman came up with kind of that drawing. Laird's the one that came up with the idea of a team of four of them with, like, four very different, distinct weapons. Um, and they decided they wanted to make a comic book, but they had to uh, get money for it. They didn't have the money to create it on their own. So they actually uh, paid for it with, a ta with their tax refunds and as well as a loan from Eastman's, uh, Kevin Eastman's uncle. I wonder if he yeah, ever I saw like a big. I wonder if the uncle ever saw like a chunk of any of the. They just paid him back money. The merchandise. They probably. I hope they at least paid him back the loan. You know. I would think they probably did. But they, they could pay me back in merchandise. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, but then you would just have nothing but duplicates, Jimmy, because you already true. have all that's the merchandise. Very true. You can you can never have enough turtle stuff. There's that's, so much stuff. There's a whole lot of turtle stuff. Yeah, with, with that money, they created uh, Mirage Studios. That was mm -hmm. what they called their company for up until, uh, I believe, 2018 is when it kind of went down. Uh, the original books were oversized. Uh, mm -hmm. They were also in black and white. Yes. Uh, the guys only expected to do one issue of this book. Yeah, right. It was that's so what, that's, the why, that's why it has the first mm -hmm. issue has so much in it. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the, that issue in a minute in yes. depth. Uh, but, yeah, it was. Uh, they only expected to do one, so they only printed... 3,275 yep. copies. Uh, so I went online to look about how much like this, this comic is worth. You see on uh, eBay and stuff, you can find third prints and second prints. And this is pretty easily. This is how much they're going for. A third print. That's a third printing of a book. It's worth 600 bucks. Dang. A second print is worth $3,500. Yep. That's a aye. big leap. And then, after some searching, oh I finally found a first print. Because, oh once again, there's only 3,275 right. yeah, copies. So, they expected to go up a lot. I think it's probably going to go up a lot next uh, this coming month with the new movie coming up. Oh, yeah. But as of right now, a first print is going, and I feel like this is a little low, 40 grand. Yeah, sounds about right. For that, for that a lot of money, though. <laughs> sounds about right. It is a lot. It's a lot of money. It's a lot well, of money. The books that they end up making, they were going to be... they. The reason they wanted to make it was they wanted to homage uh, Frank Miller's Daredevil. They wanted to homage Frank Miller's Ronin as well. Which is why the uh, the way the first comic starts out is a very much a Daredevil. Yeah. It's a very Frank very, Miller too. Straight very yeah, very uh, much so. Yeah, the, the books were also kind of a love letter to at the time X Men and New Teen Titans were the biggest books on the planet in the eighties. So this yeah. the them being a team that was. Uh, the whole team dynamic was kind of homage to that. So right now we're going to go into the different uh, Turtle comics over the years. I'm going to put this note out there for all the listeners. We are not going to focus on every single TMNT comic title, just the ones that are most notable to, to us. Yeah. We're going to cover mo uh, most of them, though. We're yeah, going to yeah, cover a lot of them. Yeah, we're going to cover all of them. And we're covering all of them. We'd be sitting here for hours. And right. we have to start <laughs> talking with about the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from Mirage Studios, the first issue that debuted in May of 1984. As we said earlier, it's a self-contained story. I believe everybody here has read it, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Uh, what did you guys think of the issue? Which, by the way, for those that don't know, spoiler, Shredder dies at the end. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the first movie. Um, um, you, can, you can look at that. I, 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 I can argue that. I can argue, I, I can argue that as <laughs> well. But you can look at that and I go, can well. you can look at that and go, okay. Like, they looked at <clears> it and they said, here's the movie. Like, yeah. the first half is, uh, there's like a fight. There's no April. 
Um, but there's like a fight, and we establish mm -hmm. the turtles. We get the origin. And that, then the that's, that's straight middle, out from the, the middle. The middle is the origin. And then, and it, it seems like it's even word for word as far as what Splinter's uh, backstory. And yeah. then in the end is killing, Shredder There's, dies or whatever, which is the end of the movie. So there, it's like, you can see those, how that all lines right. up with the screenwriter who said, yeah, let's let's pull this from the movie. And yes, there's stuff from later comics too, but right. yeah, it's, it's all there. There is a big difference with the origin of Shredder in the original book than ever, all the other iterations. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. there are yeah. <coughs> All right, so which one? I always forget which one. Oroko Saki is Shredder, and Hamato Yoshi is Splinter. Correct. Yes, correct. So Hamato oh, Yoshi in the comics, uh, he was in love with this woman that uh, Tang Shin, I think is her name. Uh, yeah, something like that. Something yes. like that. And another guy of which was Oroku Nagi, not Saki. Nagi was in love with her too, and he ends up. Kind of forcing himself on her in a way, very nefariously. Hamato Yoshi put an end to that, and he killed him. And uh, Shredder is basically, basically killed Yoshi years later to right. avenge his dead brother. Right. So that's a little bit different. Where uh, every iteration since then, it's always been about Hamato Yoshi and, and Oroku Saki. Well, you can only do so much yeah. in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what, what what do we think about um, because as sometimes Yoshi is Yoshi and sometimes Splinter is not Yoshi. Right. Um, oh, he's just so he's in, the just comics, he, in the comics. In the comics, he was his rat. Yeah, That's the other thing. That's the because his rat the learned. Do that. Yes. His, his rat learned <laughs> martial arts from watching. His wait, owner. wait, wait, wait! Right. You mean to tell me that Splinter did not learn martial arts from a martial arts for dummies book? No, no he did not. He did not. not. Well, I have some words I need to say to Mister Makabe then. I think that oh, turtles, that was a thing. I forgot about that yeah, right yeah. now. For, for me, it works the best when uh, Hamada Yoshi and Orokosaki have that backstory. Yes, um, and Yoshi and Yoshi turns into Splinter because, like, those two characters have a yin and yang. Yeah, yeah. But without and it's that, been very important. No yin and yang, no. and it, it just doesn't work for me. Well, and I think that had to do with it being only a one-off villain originally, right. too. Yes, yes. And, and it most of the time, they they do they do do the version where it's like he was a man or whatever. Right. Um, right. But it doesn't. It just doesn't work for me when he was his pet rat. When no, he's his pet, no, the, no, no. The, that's weird. There, there's not nearly as much of a reason for no. Odokosaki <clears throat> to hate him nearly as much no. and to have this, no. you know. Because let's yeah. face it, that's Obi Wan and that's Darth Vader. Yes. Yeah. That's why it works for me yeah. Yeah. when they do that. One thing that I thought was fun about the first issue, the origin story has everything to do with Daredevil's origin story. Yes. Like they even have. Like I was just saying. They yeah. have. Right at the beginning. They don't right. name him, but they have Matt Murdock <laughs> saving the blind guy. Yeah. 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 And I did not know that. Yeah. And I thought that was yeah. just wild. Yeah. That that's part of their origin. So so uh, obviously. I've, most people can't afford the forty grand to get the first print, so mm -hmm. we've all read the reprints. Uh, I was going to suggest some trades if you want to look at the original seven issues, because that's kind of the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle story. But yeah, the first uh, first issue, I think it still holds up pretty well. It there is some stuff in there that's a little. It's very violent. Yes. Which yeah. is yeah, yeah it's it, quite violent. It's the most violent, probably the most violent turtle comic. Yes. Of the entire really ever. Yeah. I mean, Shredder kind of gets it right there. Well, maybe not ever. ever. We'll talk about it. The <laughs> yeah, image one a little bit. Not ever, but he, yeah, it's, it's brutal. It's brutal. Yeah, it's, it's brutal. brutal. It they, really is. They kill him there, like the Shredder does. All, I think they kill all the, the foot soldiers. Yes. In there, who are not robots yeah. in the no, comics? No, they're not robots <laughs> at all in the comics. There, there is suggested. Um, Kind of suggested sexual assault in there, which is very, yeah. man. This is not a kid's book. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, yeah. yeah it, so well, it, it. Well, Ace Ventura, when 
intending for it to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, right. it, it kind of just became... Yeah, it just became what it became. It, right? it, it, yeah. it, it grew legs. It, it, really it got did. away from them, literally. It, it, it got really away from did. them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, issue issue one was a, was a big deal, and like I said, it sold out. Like It sold out very quickly, and they did a bunch of reprints. So a few months later, in October of 84, they put out issue two. That's a very important issue because it introduces Baxter Stockman, yep. the Mousers, and, of course... April O'Neil, who is not a reporter in the comics, by the way. She nope. is a uh, lab assistant to Baxter Stockman in, in there, if I remember correctly. Um, Jimmy. Sorry, there's Space Invaders there's trailer, Space Invader trailer on, <laughs> on television. Oh, that's wild. <laughs> so anyway, Brandon, you had a question. Uh, you're a huge April O'Neil fan. Of, I'm yeah. talking about the cartoon character, the cartoon and comic character. Not the adult film actress. Glad you specified. What? There's an adult film actress? We're going to cover that in episode five. Um, but but yeah, April O'Neil debuts in there. If I remember correctly, wasn't she based off Eastman's girlfriend at the time or something like that? Yes. Yes, that was in that to the Turtles uh, documentary. That's kind of the look. It was her look, yeah. yeah. The yeah. name April O'Neil was from yeah. like... A coworker or something like that. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. That um, makes sense. That's what I've read as well. But yeah, after issue two, every couple of months a new issue would come out, or they would have a special one-off that would be released to kind of highlight each individual turtle. I actually brought one of them here today that I picked up recently. Here's the first macro oh, nice. series they got, which is Raphael, which features the first appearance of Casey Jones. Oh, there yes. he is. It's uh, they actually put it in the bigger uh, format for this. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I actually got this last time I. I came over to Jimmy's. That is in that collection, by the way. That it is. It yeah, is. In, it's also in it's, there, it's, it's in a numbered one. It's in both the Ultimate Collection and the Color Classics. Is it the Color one? Yeah. Too? Okay, that's cool. Yeah, the only thing the Color Classics has that the Ultimate doesn't is the uh, Michelangelo one, I believe. Because okay. I think that one comes in, too. He debuts in that one. Uh, Shredder would end up returning in April of 87, which I believe is around the time the, the cartoon started. I know it was... I feel like it was spring of 87 when that came Cartoon out. Cartoon started or in December. 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 Yeah, December. Which is really so, weird. We'll talk about was, that uh, yeah. next episode. But, but Very strange. But he came back that that year. Um, and he came back and he essentially defeated the Turtles and the whole cast. And the whole cast just moved to Northampton for like a couple years, if I remember correctly. Hmm. This is actually the return of Shredder comic book, uh, which is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 10. Pretty cover, and this so. also is known as the issue where every all the all the turtles meet Casey Jones, and he becomes part of the gang. Because originally in Raphael, he's just a, it's just him and Raphael. Which, by the way, Casey Jones is a stone cold psychopath. <laughs> oh, yeah. His original yeah. motivation yeah. is oh, yeah. just ridiculous. What is his original <laughs> motivation, Mike? Yeah, uh, he just That's... he just kind of decides that he just doesn't like all these criminals. There's no like he's no. like bored. There's no like yeah. deep seated. Oh, this no. thing happened to my parents, and I must seek justice. There's yeah. nothing like that. For he's just kind of a maniac who doesn't <laughs> like other maniacs, but he loves sports, so he throws that golf club full of his favorite toys and just. Kind of goes to work, but he's he's got a he's got a very Raphael mindset, which is, which what, is why they probably and why they makes that comic friends. so great right, seeing yeah. them they meet each other, and then right. you know there's they actually butt heads. They're they not. Do. Oh yeah, they they're do. Very, the two of them yeah. have a good dynamic, yeah. and right. they still do as the time goes on. Oh yeah, yeah. there right. yeah. probably because they are so much alike. At right, times. right. Uh, that, that was issue ten. Issue eleven was very important because that would be the end of Laird and Eastman collaborating like regularly. They would come back. Uh, uh, after that, but at this point, they were starting to kind of like butt uh, butt heads because of a lot of creative differences. I think this is where your age different kind of came yeah. kind of came into play, and the licensing was like literally, as y'all said, it was exploding around this time. 
So I think that also made things a little bit uneasy. For a little bit, they would trade off on who would do the book. Like, like the odd issues, Laird would pencil. The, the even issues, uh, Eastman would pencil and write. Um, Eastman kind of had like a rock star vibe. So yeah. they created the Turtles, but Laird wanted to always be about the Turtles, where Eastman wanted to... To just move on and do yeah, other do stuff, other stuff right which now. is ironic because he has been the full force behind the comics since 2011. Yep. Now, which is really awesome, we will talk about that a little bit later. But at the time, he just was like, "Okay, this is cool, but I want to create the next thing," right. which, which is admirable. It, but it's like, fine. That's just a different personality yeah, type. Right. You want to do something else? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, they would uh, they would trade off on who would do the book, and then they would start to utilize the growing staff at Mirage uh, at Mirage Studios to kind of fill in for them. The two would reunite uh, on Art Together for the three-part return of New York, which is, uh, I believe, issues 19 through 21. I hear very good things about that. Uh, it's really good. It's really good. Uh, I, I did not bring that one today, but that is actually... So they went to Northampton for a couple years, and this is when they returned to New York to basically to go fight and try to kill Shredder again. And this actually brings out, out the very first ever fight between Leonardo and, and Raphael. And Leonardo, oh, Leonardo nice. wins. Because Leonardo was always kind of, in the original, he was the leader. And Raphael was kind of the, like the more emotional guy. Back then, you didn't really see a lot of personality from Donatello and Michelangelo. That came yeah. more later. I feel like the the cartoons probably helped that a little it bit, did. probably. Oh, yeah, along. It, did. it did. But yeah, they uh, they would end up killing Shredder. And that would that would pretty much end like all the plot lines that had... That was kind of dangling since issue right. one. So that was, even though volume one continues from there, that's really yeah. kind of what a lot of people see the as the end of volume one. Um, and they end up bringing Shredder back. They, oh, well, not in volume one. Actually. Not in volume yeah, one, yeah. But, but but for a later stint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah, a later yeah. stint, they end up bringing it back somehow. Yeah. That the, way they cover more of the plot holes that were actually there. Yeah. So the, the story ended in spring of 1989. The two left the the book after a return of, to New York to cut the focus on the licensing, the merchandise and just the growing business of all everything going on with the TV and the upcoming movie. They, uh, there was a lot to juggle. There was a lot. There was so much. They, they didn't have yeah. time to do the no. book. No. And the no. books would come out like usually comics come out like once a month and they were just coming out like maybe three times a year. These are that. creative guys. They oh, don't yeah. want to be sitting in a room right. and yeah. talking about, you know, in boardrooms and Ninja stuff. Ninja Turtle Crunchabungas mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. the, you know, they want to be right. doing the, they want to actually be doing, they want to be creating yeah. the stuff. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. <clears throat> they don't want to try to push merchandise out there. Like, yeah, that's, and that's exactly what it's to, to hell with the merchandise thing. We're trying to, yeah, get what's up here on the paper. Exactly. I mean, especially if Eastman was already, you know, to that point he, where he, he didn't really want to Felt like to he kind of had like right. a like one foot out the door in a yeah. right. Yeah. So I, I could imagine he probably wasn't very happy sitting in, in boardrooms with people from Playmates and stuff like that. Yeah. So From then on, there was like no continuity in the comics. They would all be kind of like one-offs and just like random stories. You didn't have like big villains pop up. Right. Uh, and it would just, they would be done by Mirage's like art, all their artists, which include, you mentioned Steve Levine earlier. Mm -hmm. It included uh, Michael Dooney, Eric Talbot, uh, Steve Murphy, and most notably Jim Lawson, who's probably the uh, most known artist of TMNT that was not named Eastman or Laird. He did it for many, many years. Uh, Eastman and Laird did return for one last full comic, uh, they came back for the 50th issue of the series, which kicked off the 13-part City at War storyline, which uh, a lot of people really like that one. I think it's a little too long, personally, because it, it, but it, it is pretty well done. They do not; they only do the art together on the first issue, but the, but they write the other 12 parts. Uh, okay. 
uh, Jim Lawson does the art on the other 12 parts. And that story basically is the big Kyrie story where she comes in and... Kyrie? Kyrie, yeah. Which is... I In the comments, I think it was the granddaughter of Shredder, maybe, or something like that. Some, some iterations, it's daughter. Some iterations, right. it's granddaughter. Well, in the later cartoons, it's daughter. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think the, the current comics, it's daughter right. as well. Technically. Sometimes it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but when uh, City of War ended in, uh, in August of 93, so did the original volume of the Mirage series. Uh, that would be the last time that Laird and Eastman would work together for over 25 years. There was a volume two of the Mirage Studios, but I don't think anything really important came about that. So we're going to talk about the other important uh, Ninja Turtle comic of that time, which was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures. Right here, I'm holding a copy of the first issue, which yep. is the first time that the Turtles are in a comic with different colored masks. Yep. First time you see Bebop, Rocksteady, and Krang in a comic as well. Yep. These were published by Archie Comics. Uh, they were done by Ron Brown and Steve Murphy. They went a full seventy-two issues, and it it kind of it began as an adaptation an adaptation of the actual like cartoon series. Right. Yes, I had some yes. of those. Yes, yes. I, but, I had some as well. But over time, shit got wild. Yes, it did. Mm -hmm. So here are some things that happened in the Archie comics that I wanted to yeah. see. It started, like you said, it yeah. started out good. They out yeah, they covered the first the mini series yeah. from season one, and they cover like half of season two. Right. Then, when they go their own, own way, yeah, when, yeah, these it, things it, it, happen. Yeah. Before we get into this, I would just like to point out that I have not read a single panel of any of this, so I am oh, really? very excited wow. to hear <laughs> what some of these really more. Good, the art was good. It was cartoony. The art was good. So imagine cartoony artwork, the, a, a kid's book, if you will, Yes. and these things happening in the books. All right. There is a story where the called the Mutanimals Massacre, <laughs> yeah. where they get gunned <laughs> down, they get, oh, actually, yeah, and yeah, they their souls go to hell. Yes. <laughs> and guess what? They don't get saved. They stay in hell. They stay in hell, yeah. I remember oh, that Jesus. one. I remember that I one. read that as like an eight-year-old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that one. I read that one when my grandmother was playing bingo. <laughs> Mutants belong in hell. <laughs> you sound like a like evangelical <laughs> nut right there. X-Men <laughs> Brian Cox. There you go. Anyway, Another one. This one's this one's kind of tame compared to that. Yeah. This one's kind of tame. They were abducted by aliens, but not like triceratons. Like we're talking little green, like little gray men. Oh, okay. Like first episode, first episode of South Park. I was saying visitors, if you will. Yeah. There is a a character that is very hated in the turtle community, probably as much as Venus, and that character is Cuddly the Cowlick. What? Cuddly the Cowlick is a Am I going to get in trouble if I Google search that so I can get a visual <laughs> real quick? <laughs> Jesus. You might, you might end up on a website. There might be some weird deviant art about that. I'm no, okay with there that. There probably is. So, Cuddly the Cowlick is a huge giant cow head. Just a cow head, not Just the, the body. A floating, levitating cow head <laughs> that transports people. And by the way, I, the, I, one of the comics I read the other day, they brought it into the current of continuity of the comics, which oh, so he's back. Yeah, he just has like a cameo. Okay, because they need a ride in space, and here's Cuddly the Cowlick. <laughs> oh, that's a good way to work in. Cuddly. Yeah, yeah, Cuddly the convenient Cowlick. But yeah, he's a floating, talking cowhead, and and he like there's like a picture <laughs> online where he's like licking a Ninja Turtle at one time, which is just Hot. just oh. is that the deviant art Jimmy was mentioning earlier? And by the way, his head's like as big as our bodies. Here, different podcast. That's guys. utterly <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> 
There's... I hate that it took me a second to get why you said that. Literally. This next one's kind of tame, but it was before its time. The Turtles uh, battled global warming in, like, the mid-90s. Like, they did it before Al Gore thought it was cool. So that's pretty cool. So now we know where Al Gore got it from. But yeah. But here are the two Turtles weirdest... First. Here funny. are the two weirdest things. Even weirder than Cuddly the Cowlick for me. It's a pretty high bar. The first one, Splinter, which got to witness... Hiroshima's bombing. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I thought you were going to say JFK assassination. Hell, yeah, no, this is yeah. a lot more, yeah, lot more dead weird. people. Is there like a panel of, of Splinter from like just really far away watching I, it or something? How do you witness Hiroshima and not be a part of it? Yeah. I, 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 I don't know how to explain that one, guys. That, He's a rat. that one was new to me. I didn't know about that He's one. He's a rat, not a cockroach. Right. That, of, all, of all these things, that is the only thing I didn't know about. But that's weird. I didn't but know here, that here's the worst one. Oh, this is my favorite one. Is Hitler in this? <laughs> Spoiler, Jimmy. Edit that out. <laughs> Just guess. Edit that out. Usually, when you lead up to something, it's gonna be. Yeah. Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Edit back in. <laughs> so, the so the, the 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 weirdest thing in this children's comic book, one of the villains creates something called an Armageddon machine. And it is not ran on coal. It is not ran on solar power. It is ran on the brain of Adolf Hitler. Oh. Oh. <laughs> In a children's comic that was, book. That was not the turn I was expecting that today. <laughs> no, not at all. I was going to say something. I was like, oh, it's a machine that brings back, like, terrible things from the past. And it's going to create Armageddon by having all these... T- no, it's powered by the brain of the worst <laughs> man that ever lived. Jesus. Now, they- We're energy efficient. We're powered by Hitler. <laughs> Now, now, where do they get the brain of Hitler? I've done very little but, research on the brain of Hitler, Billy, so I, I'm going to have to take your word on that. But but what's weird about these Archie comics is they're not the most controversial Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics to ever be. Oh, no. Oh, no. That would be volume three of <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It was super controversial. Uh, some of the Here's a list of the controversial things from that book. All right, please. More extreme displays of violence. It, this is the most violent comic book. And by the way, I'm going to show you some pictures of it right now. I found that in this book that Jimmy has. Leonardo lost his hand. What's similar to that, though, is Donatello gets disfigured to the point where he has to become a cyborg. Oh. Like, the, like he gets totally, like, gutted in the, in, the, in the series. I believe I remember hearing something about Donatello getting killed by Rocksteady? That's not this one. Okay, so it's not this one. All that, right. uh, we're, we'll get to that one. Okay. Right. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to jump ahead. I yeah, was just uh, trying to make, I'm just trying to figure it all out. Uh, Raphael's face gets scarred in this. But here are the two biggest twists of all. Does that have to do with Hitler's brain? No. No. <laughs> if only. Bigger twist than that? <laughs> First off, Splinter becomes a bat. Oh. <laughs> okay. I did not expect. That's even more expected than Hitler. As far as I, I actually yeah. found that issue at Great Escape today. I almost picked it up. How did she become a bat? <laughs> I have no idea at all. I think it's... Like, maybe a secondary mutation? I honestly have no clue. But the biggest twist of all, and I actually think this is interesting, but I wouldn't have done this, Raphael becomes Shredder. <laughs> Silly. Huh. I, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm already interested in reading that, because I want to know how we get to that. And his mask is Casey Jones' yeah. mask, apparently. Oh, oh, look at that. I don't know if he gets oh. killed or something. So but, is that supposed oh. to be Shredder Raphael? Yeah, that's, that's, that's okay. Oh. I don't know if he went like full armor and everything, because right. that would have been a cool image. That's what I was else. kind of expecting, but I, I literally just saw this when I got here. I was like, okay, that's what he looked like. So I couldn't he, really see it 
When he becomes Shredder, does he just sort of like take on the name? Does he actually become he a becomes, villain? He, he becomes he... the mantle of Shredder. Okay, is he is he fighting the turtles at all in this? Or I have no idea. Okay, that this one I so the series was so it was is really hated by uh, Laird at the time. I'm sure. And uh, fans really didn't like it either. So it actually got canceled mid-series. And they oh. brought it back many, many years in 2018 and let the creators kind of finish up their story, which I think huh. is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, they do have two trades out. Uh, the first 12 issues are in one, second 12 are in the other one. It's just one of those, I was just like, I don't know if I really want to commit to back, reading those. They, they pick right back up where they stopped Yeah, it? Yeah, well, yeah. Good, Laird hated it so much. He actually, him and Jim Lawson came back for volume four. Nothing really of note happened in there, except the Turtles were in their 30s, which I find weird, considering it's called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Middle-aged Ninja Turtles, middle-aged. And uh, April and Casey are married in that volume. But nice. I know nothing about that book. You don't really see anything about it. I always honestly thought that they should have gotten married at one point. I mean, I know that's not the only time that they're Oh, yeah, they get together most... Yeah, yeah. that's the only time they're actually like married, married. Right. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I think in in, in, in Last Ronin, they're not married. They, they're not married. They, yeah, because I mean, no, they, no, they, 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 they just they they well, if they're, they're living in sin, Michael. If, <laughs> if, 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 if the turtles are in their thirties, or eight, just say that they are thirty, just just as, as a number. April and Casey that, in their forties. I mean, that would be fifteen years later. Yeah. Than you know the original. Yeah, I think I think they mainly just did this to make people forget about Volume Three. And right, then, yeah. right. Like I said, there's not really much online about it. Uh, it didn't last long at all. It was essentially a failure because at that time the brand was kind of dying, which is going to lead to well, I'm, I'm going to talk about the the rights acquisition at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laird and Laird and Mirage Studios uh, bought out Eastman's uh, ownership stake in June of 2000, and nine years later in 2009, it took a while. It took over five years to kind of get this deal made. Uh, Layer in 2009, Layered sold the rights to Viacom, which is of course now Paramount Global, uh, and he and he got 60 million dollars from it. Mm. Eastman didn't really get anything, mm. which also That's I, right. so they they hadn't seen each yeah. other since they they didn't see each other much before then. But that was kind of one of the nails in the coffin. Yeah. Um, mm. I could see both sides yeah. of that situation in all honesty yeah. though. Like as for as much as like, yeah, it would have been the good thing to do to kinda like break off Eastman a little bit right. of extra money knowing that he's one of if nothing else, one of the <coughs> two reasons that it exists. Yeah, correct. Contracts is contracts, brother, and you gave away your I stuff. mean he, like, uh, he showed his ownership yeah. and like yeah, and, 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 and I and I even understand. And he's that, good like, now with I yeah. think right. Yeah, like I said he's been and we're going to talk about IDW here in a right, minute. Yeah, and right. he's been involved with that since day one. Yeah. Right. But, like, you know, it's it, 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 everybody feels bad for the fifth Beatle, but he's not owned anything. Yeah. That's right. You know? Pete Best, ladies yes, and gentlemen. Pete Best, yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, Paramount ended up handing the rights to Nickelodeon, which they own. Uh, they handed it to their department, and the plan was to release new cartoons and comics. We'll be talking about the cartoons next time. That's the 2012 yeah. cartoon that you really like. But the comics are the uh, the IDW Comics, which are going, it started in 2011, and it's, uh, it's still going today. Uh, this is the longest-running Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic ever because it's been going. I think I got a new issue this past Wednesday, and it was 141. Oh, wow. so, I love the artwork, wow. the IDW stuff. They uh, and they and they rotate. The they do. They do. They have a bunch of different artists. Oh, really? Yeah, IDW brought in Kevin Eastman from day one to co-plot and helped with the page layout. He also provides covers for pretty much every single issue, like a variant cover, and he occasionally will provide uh, some interior art here and there. Um, 
the first 100 issues of the series were written by him and mainly Tom Waltz. Tom mm -hmm. Waltz is yeah. a very important name in, in modern-day Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles really because is, yeah. he really made the comic what it is, yeah. and he's also the guy who did most of the writing for uh, Last Ronin. Ah. Last Ronin was an idea of, by, of Laird and, and Eastman, and he just kind of fine-tuned it, which we'll talk, we'll talk about that very, very shortly. Uh in my opinion, the book showcases the best ideas from pretty much every uh, Turtle-related thing ever. You have stuff from the original Mirage run. You have stuff from the, the cartoon. You have stuff from the Archie comics. You have stuff from the movies. And you even have some stuff from the next mutation, which is just blows <laughs> my freaking mind. I it, It's a very uh, PG-13 book. It's not super violent, but it is not super kitty at the same time. One reason why I really love it because it really combines the dark and the fun that, like you mentioned earlier, that you love about your Ninja Turtles. Uh, highlights from the book, uh, Donatello does die at one point, but Bebop and Rocksteady Crack some of the sledgehammer? Cracks his, uh, uh, his shell, shell, shell and kills yeah. him. Shell, yeah. The comics also feature the death of Splinter in issue 100, Ooh. and he's still dead to this day. Also, in the IDW series, a, a big a thing, and this is something that you've read on, uh, Mike, uh, we have a fifth Ninja Turtle now. Ah, uh, yes, Jenica. Jenica has the yellow uh, oh. headband. And she has kind of like a Wolverine, like arguably claw the thing. most dangerous weapon of the crew now. Yeah, I would say so. And she's in the books for a while as a human. <laughs> yeah. I did not know that she was in like fifty issues. As a yeah, human. she has a very different road to becoming a teenage mutant ninja turtle than the other four. Yeah, how does she? She uh, so she and she's originally one of Shredder's uh, like main shonens or something okay. like that, like top ninja. Okay. And when Splinter kills uh, Shredder, right? Spoilers. Uh, mm -hmm. He gets control of the foot. And that's one thing that kind of drives a wedge with Splinter and, and the Turtles for a while, which makes his sacrifice even better because it's kind of him redeeming himself. Because right. he was doing what he thought he did right, but it was not exactly right. a good thing to do right. or whatever. But she came with them and became kind of his new Leonardo because the Turtles kind of go their own way. Okay. And another okay. highlight, and this is a fairly recent one, is the... Uh, a new take on the controversial Venus <laughs> de Milo from Ninja Turtles The Next Mutation. Who is right here on the cover of 139, which has all six turtles together. I have not got to this issue yet, so I don't know if she's part of the turtle clan yet. Right. But uh, so the, her story is very interesting, in my opinion. Real quick, I would also just like to point out that with both of the the girl turtles, no unnecessary turtle boobs. Yeah, no, just point no, that no out. Turtle boobs. No, no turtle not boobs. At all. I didn't see none. Because they're not mammals, guys. They're not mammals. <laughs> but uh, so her story is she was a punk frog originally that got, huh. that got disfigured and killed. Uh, the punk frogs in the IDW comics are more like they sound. They're kind of an English, they, English punk looking. Like huh. they have the jackets, they have the hairdos, but they're, they just happen to be frogs. The union jackets? Oh, uh, <laughs> not that one. Not, not that one. Just straight up like that. And she gets... She gets disfigured, and this like mad scientist takes her and creates basically a Frankenstein's monster type situation, and turns her into this zombie turtle type thing, and that that's how we get introduced to Venus in the comic books. Um, I think this series is by far the best uh, thing the Turtles franchise has ever done. Like I said, there's not really a bad issue in the bunch. It, it's just every every issue is very very good, and there's a lot of thought put into it. And they they put new spins on some characters. Like Rat King's very different now. He looks like the Crypt Keeper, and he's huh. English. Huh. 
Which I was never a huge Rat King fan, but I, I kind of like him. I like Rat King. I actually should have brought him up earlier Rat because King. I do love the Rat King. Oh, like mm-hmm. the Rat King. oh have, we'll have plenty oh, of time in the cartoons and the, the, and the toys, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, Rat King, I was a big yeah. fan of. Yeah, I was Very well, frustrating yeah. boss battle in Turtles in Time. Oh, yeah. oh my yeah. foot! My yeah. foot! Yeah. My foot! So, so that will that leads us to the last Ronin, which Mike has Mike has actually read. So the story behind the last Ronin, Laird and Eastman. Originally, they split over a bunch of things, but kind of the big thing was the creation of Vetus de Milo was a huge, like, that's it. That's, we can't do this anymore. Yeah. This is awful. She was created, of course, in 1996 for that TV show. That's also the same year that Image Comic came out. That's yes. so weird. Man, yeah. that's a bad year that for Peter Laird. That was bad. <laughs> um, yeah. And also, Laird making $60 million, Eastman not getting a cut in uh, 2009, that probably didn't help things either. I think that had something either. to do with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was, uh, like I yeah. said, I think that was the nail in the coffin yeah, there. Yeah. But in 2017, the two reunited for The Toys That Made Us on Netflix, which I watched Great with episode. Jimmy. Yeah. And yeah. It, took, it took a lot of persuasion for the for the producers to get Eastman on the plane. Like, they had to literally escort him to the plane because he kept trying to get out of going to see Laird because he had hated him so yeah. much. There had been a convention years earlier which neither one of them knew they were going to be hmm. there and it was a very awkward kind of, like, interaction and they hadn't talked to each other since. It was almost like a rat trap. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I think it was originally. And who even knows what Eastman's thinking as, as you know, I know he's for the toys that made us, you got to think he's he's the one who, you know, didn't stay in the industry, quote unquote. I guess he's not the one who made all the money off of it and, and whatnot. So, as he's being, you know, flown out for this this documentary, he doesn't know how he's going to be framed in this documentary. Right. He doesn't know if he's going to be framed as like the bad guy because he's Correct. the one that left and Laird right. was the one that stayed with it. So, yes. I think it's understandable that the dude would have oh, yeah. aversions to wanting oh, yeah. to be in it. I would. I also think interesting about Eastman is if you watch the Turtle Power. Uh, Documentary that was Rewatched made. Watched it this morning. That was, that was made in 2014. He he feels like a totally different per- person in, in the toys that made oh, us. Yeah. Just yeah. three yeah. years later, because I thought yeah. he kind of came off kind of arrogant in Turtle Power. Mm-hmm. He comes off young. Yeah, I think is yeah. almost a good way. To and he comes off mindset. way older. And yeah, a lot more mature in, in Toys That Made Us. Yeah, that meeting on Toys That Made Us sparked a renewed friendship, which led to the co-creators teaming up for the first time in over two decades for the Last Ronin. Last Ronin was an idea they had come up with in the 90s that they didn't really get to see through. It was kind of a Dark Knight Returns uh, for TMNT. Very good comparison. Which is, uh, for those that don't know what Dark Knight Returns, what is it, Jimmy? Uh, isn't that that film with uh, Christian Bale? <laughs> no, no. Oh, that, it's, it's based on that. No. <laughs> they, they saw that movie and then they made a comic book about it? No. Okay. I it's I'm just batting the house. Bat- <laughs> Billy, you want to explain it? Dawn of Justice was based... All right, sorry. But yeah. Dark Knight Returns... It's... His mother was named Martha, though, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I know that. How did you say that name? We play that in every episode of Hallmark Scott. <laughs> and now we get to play it in this. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Dark Knight Returns, it's, it's in the future. Bruce Wayne's like 60 or something like that. And it's just kind of a look at old Batman. It's Miller, uh, right? Yeah, Frank, it's Frank Miller, uh, yeah. and he's yeah, fighting against the, the, the fascist American government at the time, uh, which Superman is, like, with the fascist government, which doesn't yeah. help. Right. But anyway, this is kind, it was kind of their love letter to that, where uh, Michelangelo is the last remaining Ninja Turtle alive. See, in, in Last Ronin, New York is ruled by, ruled by a fascist uh, regime, which happens to be the foot in Shredder's, 
Shredder's bastard grandson, which I find that hard. Uh, Oroko Sai? Was that his name? Probably. He's very Kylo Ren. I don't care for the character. If I'm he is honest. very, I'm living up to Shredder's yeah. reputation. Yeah. I want to be Grandpa. Is he like Lenny Luthor? He's like, he's like Kylo Ren. I okay. think I like him a little bit more than you like him. Was that a, start, a Superman 4 reference? <laughs> John Cryer. <laughs> we're late in the, we're, we're late that in the episode was. now. F*** you, shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I gotta, I gotta throw some references in for me. You know? He used like to Luther in the Supergirl show, and he wasn't I like bad. John Cryer. I was oh, yeah, he's great. John he's great. But April April O'Neil is still alive, but missing an arm. But the other turtles, Splinter and Casey Jones, they're all dead. And throughout the series, we actually get flashbacks of how they all die as as the issues kind of progress. Uh, we also meet a new female character named Casey Jones, which happens to be uh, <laughs> apparently when April got April and all of them got blown up. It was, it was like <laughs> April. It was it was April. It was April. Casey. The burbs. It was April. Casey and I think Leonardo got got in the middle of an explosion, yeah. and that's how April lost her limb. And the others died. Right um, arm, I believe. Yeah, but she was apparently pregnant then, and the baby survived. And that is Casey Jones. So it was a female Casey Jones, oh. and she's a really cool character. You, I, I really like the character. Definitely, see, if someone were to just tell you about the character and the, oh, it's a woman named Casey Jones, but it's his daughter, it sounds a little bit shoehorny. Yeah, like it was not yeah. not to use the word horny in this podcast. Uh, but yeah, it, it feels like something that would just be shoehorned in, because wouldn't it be cool if... But they actually make her a really integral part of the story. She's very important to them actually accomplishing the goal near the end. She actually leads a, a charge. Are those goggles of, on her head? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she All leads right, I'm a... I'm already on board. Jimmy's in love. And, I'm on board. And the, uh, the relationship between her and Michelangelo <laughs> is actually really good in the book. They really... He... he he tries to teach her a lot of uh, discipline and whatnot and give her a little bit of what Splinter was able to give him and his brothers. Yeah. It's, it's a really, I, I really liked Casey Jones. And, and I, and again, it, it was just was something that I did not expect to like and I ended up liking her so much by the end. That was spelled K-A-C-E-Y? No, no, it's spelled Casey. Or it spelled C-A-C-E-Y? Yeah. It's spelled Casey. C-A-S-E-Y. Interesting. The book debuted in October 2020 and it went five issues. The Trade is, like I said earlier, it's been a bestseller for most of the past year. There's a video game coming out. Uh, there's a, if anybody wants to see a really cool representation of the book, there's a scene on YouTube that uh, some digital animators oh, recreated. It's, it's amazing. It's absolutely a amazing. A pivotal scene. We should have written the down book. the name because they absolutely deserve the Oh, all you, gotta do is, all you gotta do is uh, YouTube search Last Ronin. It's it's four minutes and like 22 seconds long. It'll be one of the You'll find it. Yeah. If you and listen to this podcast an hour and a half in, you probably watched it. <laughs> you know it's pretty amazing. It's a fair point. It. Yeah, yeah it's, it's quite good. But yeah, yeah. It was only done by like three or four people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's like crazy, crazy good. It really is. But yeah, Laird and Eastman came back to plot that. Uh, Eastman does some art in it. I'm not sure Laird does art in it at Speaking all. Speaking of Eastman and Laird and Last Ronin, there's the fun little Easter egg with Eastman and Laird. Oh the yeah, they're actually they actually show up in the book. Yeah, briefly. There's I forgot about a, that. A panel where I believe they're at the subway. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And you can see Eastman and Laird sitting next to oh, each nice. other. Oh, yeah, it's a really cool little they're moment. They're also in the 1990 film. They're garbage men, but they're they are. In, I know Eastman was they very are. deep background. They are. Yeah. I didn't know and that. You can That's only cool. see well. Eastman. I think Laird is in the truck or something Correct. like that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Eastman, Eastman and Laird co-plied the last Ronin, but something happened uh, last month that hadn't happened since. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number 50 in the early 90s. And that was 
Laird and Neesman doing art together. Oh, well. And they did it for a uh, variant cover last month for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Usagi Yohimbo. And here's what it looks like. Oh, nice. Oh, we'll that. put this on the website when we get the Facebook always going. Like, always like Here it is. Usagi Yojimbo. Nice. Like half of it's yeah. Eastman, half always of it's Laird. I believe Usagi's Laird and, and Leonardo is Eastman. Yeah. If I yeah. It's a character that I, I definitely would like to read more of. I, read I don't, a I don't know a lot of, about it. I've read I, a little bit of Usagi in the 90s. I love the, the characters on it. I just yeah. think it's that and having like, you know, the samurai bunny with right. the Ninja yeah. Turtles yeah, is kind of awesome. Come on, it's great. The samurai rabbit from the commercial. <laughs> so Jimmy, you said you had some questions for us that you wanted to give as well. We've handled the origins of the Ninja Turtles. Uh, next time we're going to, uh, next time we get together, uh, we're going to kick this into uh, high gear. And what, what really kicked Turtles into high gear for most of us was uh, the animated series. The first animated series and then the ones uh, after that. Uh, and we'll, we'll be talking uh, about those. Uh, my quandary is this week, by the time we get together again, I will have a turtle on my person, on my body. You will. And uh, when I was growing up, I loved the turtle popsicles. And guys, I just don't know. Michelangelo was always my guy. But I got a lot of orange already going on with my Halloween things. And I'm like, do I get Leonardo or do I get Michelangelo? It's Michelangelo's my boy. And people are going to see this and they're going to be like, I guess your favorite turtle is Leonardo. And do I lie to them? Because he's not really. It's Michelangelo. What? So I don't know what to do. And I'm going to pose <coughs> this to you all. And of course, next time we'll find out what I did. But what do you guys think? Do you I did Donatello. Do I stick? Oh, is that what you just, I just yeah. go left turn? Just left turn. Go straight Donatello. I, I think it's got to be Leo. I think you should Michael. go Leo. Because when I think of those, I think of the Leo so, one. Because I bought yeah. this years yeah. ago. And I they had all Which four. Which is Leo, by the way. But I bought <laughs> Leo. Can't see right. um, And I think I'm going back to when I was... Uh, little kid and I was like he's wears blue so I want a blue popsicle I also think blue looks would probably look cool on skin and I think yeah. it would I think it would right. too hey here's a question if you all got a, a turtles thing on you what would you get we know what I would get what would you get Billy if you I had always talked about if I were to get tattoos I would get one half sleeve of uh, a cartoon villains nice. and then the other half sleeve of cartoon heroes ah. so I would have the turtles on one arm with, with like Casey Jones and whatnot. Then over here I'd have Shredder and Crane. Bank. Uh, I actually have plans on getting a turtle tattoo. It's actually the cover of one of the IDW tattoos that, or tattoos, one of the IDW <laughs> issues that Brandon was talking about earlier, the one that has Jenica on the cover. Uh, and I've had a lot of other ideas I thought, because I thought it would be cool to almost have it look like each one of their bandanas was wrapped around my arm. Get, and just, you know, so that way all four of them represented. Oh, that's I, fun. I, I love that cover so much, and it's just, it's it's all of them standing back to back, and, you, you know, you can see all their weapons, and they're all clearly there, but it's, that art style is so cool. So I actually plan on, like, the back of my left arm having all five of them stand there. Nice. Very nice. That would be cool. Yeah. I think I would go with uh, page one of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number two from the 80s, because mm -hmm. it's a very iconic image that they put on a lot of their books for years, which yeah. is... That one, yeah. Raphael oh, kind of yeah, jumping into action. Yeah. Yeah. And would you have the word bubble there? <laughs> Kiss your butt goodbye. Is, uh, 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 might, I would think about it. Without the word <laughs> bubble, I don't think it's as fun. Uh, I and mean, it says butt, which I think is even right. fun. Yeah, it says it's butt. more fun. Get it there, on your butt. Very exciting. Jimmy, how do we should we end the our very first episode of Turtlecast? I have always liked Cowabunga. <laughs> Everybody? Huh? Three, three, two. Is there a reference? Cowabunga! It's pretty lame, but we're gonna go with it. <laughs> <laughs> You'll sound good in the end. <laughs>
week. Pizza Hut, Major League. Awesome. Only Pizza Hut has Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Rat Badges. We're talking first degree pizza. There are four to collect with any Pizza Hut pizza. You have to eat pizza? Cowabunga! All for $1.99 each. $1.99? Excellent! But hurry, time is limited. Better haul sell, dudes. Pizza Hut, making it bad. Dining, takeaway, or home delivered.